I think we have to trust a little bit our journey. And sometimes we're we're in the in a difficult patch. We don't realize how that moment is actually a leading stepping stone to something much bigger. Welcome to Joy from the Start, stories of personal transformation. I'm your host, Paul Keen. Today we'll be speaking to Amel Deregi, a dear friend. Amel is a marketing and business coach, a speaker, and the founder of Tandem Nomads. Tandem Nomads is a podcast show and an online platform designed to help expat partners and global nomads to grow successful portable businesses while on the move. In 2010, Amel quit her job in advertising to move abroad with her husband. She built a consulting business providing solutions in marketing and communications while living across three continents. Amel launched Tandem Nomads six years later when she discovered a critical need to support expat spouses in finding their own source of fulfillment and income. Her work for spouses and women's empowerment was featured in various media such as Forbes, Global Living Magazine, as well as many speaking engagements with the United Nations, IMF, World Bank, and multinational companies, to name a few. You can find her at TandemNomads.com and Tandem Nomads on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Firstly, thank you for being on the show today. You have been an incredible friend, a dear friend and supporter of my own personal transformation. And in your personal professional life, you really help so many people to really approach a life transformation that has for a lot of individuals and expat spouses been imposed on them. Um, And I find the work that you do inspiring because you help them to ground themselves in a purpose again. And I really think you help people to reconnect with not just familial, you know, basic everyday reasons for being that they have as a, as a member of their family, but like work and, and societal reasons for being. So um, I really wanted to share your story and the story of the people that you work with, with our listeners. So hopefully that they, they can not only connect with you, but hopefully find uh, a path forward as well. So thank you for being here. Wow. My true pleasure. I'm so excited for you. Thank you for all the uh, kind words. And uh, I'm very excited for you. I can't wait to see where this journey leads, but I'm sure you're going to do great. I know you, Paul. You're such a creative um, person and you really care about what you do. So that's also very important. Cool. To thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't always wear compliments well, but thank you so much. <laughs> that's the first step to growth. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, So, you know, I'm curious about your own story. You know, a lot of um, identifying what one wants in life comes through action. It doesn't come through thinking. I mean, you can do thinking, but you can do acting. And, you know, as listeners probably heard in in the introduction, you know, you've gone through a lot of acting in your life, uh, both imposed and and chosen. as a child living in, I believe, what was it, four or five separate countries with your um, with your parents as diplomats, and then choosing to go to high school in France on your own, and then taking up um, entrepreneurial activities, selling encyclopedias in the United States. You know, you've you've really kind of you know a lot been in action. <laughs> yeah, well, you've you've been in action, you know, and then taking that experience, moving to France, going to um, engage 
in marketing that you've learned, you know, really hand to hand, door to door, face to face, um, you know, with folks, but then having to react multiple times to overcome visa challenges that inevitably come, um, you know, what, what have you learned about, you know, finding your own why in creating your own show? You know, where did that, where did that genesis come from? You know, I know that it was a bit of scratching your own itch, mm-hmm. you know, saying, Hey, look, I've had challenges as a, as a tandem nomad and I had a specific career and now we've decided to create this life together around the globe. You know, why, why did you decide to focus in on, on tandem nomads as a concept? Mm-hmm. It was a long process. And one thing in general, I think this topic, the topic of this interview together uh, might lead to is I think we have to trust a little bit our journey. And sometimes we're, we're in the, in a difficult patch. We don't realize how that moment is actually a leading stepping stone to something much bigger but also how things at some point make so much sense, even things we would never think make sense. Like for example, my door-to-door experience has nothing to do with what I do today, um, but it has so much to do with what I do today. So um, everything led me to where I am today, and I'm pretty sure that this might be just a stepping stone to maybe something else in the future. And I think that's one big thing about finding our big why. A lot of people think that it has to be one big why why and that's it and that we put the pressure on finding that big why and then we're like I can't go into this because it's maybe not the right thing it's not the thing I'm like no just start something and then see what it leads you and like you're just doing it now I love what you're doing you know you feel a calling to share stories and to share these journeys of transformation how people get to where they are it's great. You're doing it now and you'll see this is going to lead you somewhere. And this is what the experience I had with everything I've done, including creating Tandem Nomads. What was your thought process or was it kind of uh, a lightning bolt? You know, I heard my first podcast and you know what? I thought that was a great format. I'm going to try that out and just get into action. You know, where was the, or did you have that kind of cognition of you know what, this, this makes me happy. I really like solving problems. It brings joy to me. I should, I should follow that thread. So, um, since very young age, I was actually in, uh, 14 when I started my first social entrepreneurial, um, project. So social entrepreneurship has been a passion of mine since a long time. And I, even as a consultant, I used to focus my niche on companies who wanted to do like a um, social responsibility project and use their marketing as a vehicle to send and share a message with the community. Um, so that was something that I've always been interested in. And mm-hmm. deep inside, I knew that one day I would like to have my own business. As a consultant, it's your own business, but it's different than when you actually have a business. I didn't call myself a business. I was a consultant. Um, although it was a business, but you see what I mean. Right. Um, so I wanted to have, although I was helping others do what I believe in, which is social entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. this time I wanted to have, I always wanted to have something of my own. And honestly, I never linked both uh, until recently that actually what I wanted to do, I did it. It just, I didn't proactively said, oh, this is social entrepreneurship, so I'm going to do it. You see what I mean? Um, that's when I say we need to trust our path sometimes. Um yeah, that's an incredibly important point. You know, sometimes it's, and that's where I've often candidly and in all honesty gotten stuck. It's the moving into action and then learning by doing. 
that, you know, brings you answers that you can't get sitting there reading a book that you can't get there. You know, you can get insights, you can get tremendous insights, but, um, you know, another friend and mentor, uh, has called them defining moments, but they're never defining moments unless you actually act on them. Exactly. That's actually a big message that I want to share with you and, and highlight on it is a lot of people, like when I work with my clients, who's, when they come to me, they had spent years trying to find their answer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, start somewhere, do something and perfect later. We find the answers and we learn by mm-hmm. doing, and it doesn't have to be the right thing. I did not know when I started the podcast that it was going to lead me where I was going to be. I was hoping for it. I had planned for it, but I was not putting that pressure saying this has to work. And if it doesn't work, it's the end of the life. <laughs> uh, I just said, let's go try it out and see if it sticks. It's great. If it doesn't, um, I think building bridges also is if, if financially we want, if it's a financial issue to start venturing into our big mm-hmm. why, um, which I don't think we, it has to be one big why, by the way. Um, I think it's good to do, to do a bridge. Like if you're working, then try to do it on the side. That's what I did. For example, my podcast was a side gig to my consulting business and only a year and a half down the road, it was so much work that I couldn't keep up with both that I completely, and I could see starting revenue coming and I could prove the concept. Then I dropped the consulting and focus on right. nomads. And you know, you're just ticking off the boxes here, honestly, it's uh, in a wonderful way. It's because I mean, I think one of the challenges that I faced was, you know, look, I've got a good income doing what I do. And when I, when I thought deeply about it and then I just said to myself, you know what, you're 40, just come to an answer and move. You know, move into action. And so, you know, I decided to accept that even a basic idea, that was enough. That's enough. I don't need more and nor does anyone else need more to start with. And I don't need to walk into my mm-hmm. office tomorrow morning and quit, you know, in the big movie Hollywood blaze of glory. Exactly. I can experiment <laughs> with things, see where they go, have them be relatively low cost and have it start bringing joy to my life today. Um, I'm curious, though, about when you work with clients, wh- where are they in their process? You know, did they, you know, you, looking at the work that you've done, I see everything from really specific tactics to high level strategy. Do they comes in, come in all shapes and sizes or, you know, do you have to do a certain amount of work with them to kind of level set? I just want to highlight the fact that a lot of, with our conversation, we might think that I'm a life coach. I'm definitely not a life coach. So I actually help expert partners build a portable business. And I give them training, consulting, and coaching, which is like taking them from step A to step 10. And we have a plan and I help them go through it. But the different types of um, journeys that I have, I actually have three major segments. The first one is um, those who want to start something but don't know what so and that's i have a program called the business idea accelerator it's it's a program of three months where i take them to explore their why i actually have a partnership with a life coach who helps Mm -hmm, me for mm -hmm. that part and and then while we explore the why we also explore the business ideas and the key thing here for all of you who are listening who are looking for a business idea it comes down to one Mm -hmm. simple question at the end of the day, is what problem do mm-hmm. you want to solve? 
And if you find that answer, then the steps are very clear and straightforward after that. You just need to find that problem that you think you're good at for solving. And even if you're not good at solving, if it's a passion of yours to fix this issue, then just get the skills or the partners or the tools you need to get there to right. solve that problem. Uh, and in the business idea accelerator, once those ideas come up, let's say there's one idea or even more, the next phase is the market research and, and interviewing people. And it's amazing because that phase, I can't believe how many entrepreneurs never do their market research. It just makes me so angry. They don't do that. It's just, but it's crazy. People just start. And I do believe in start first, perfect later. That's the motto that we should go with. But starts first also means doing the research. And actually, it's amazing how they learn so much from this phase and get so much joy out of it, you know, serving potential people, potential clients, getting to know them. It's actually a fascinating part. Every time I get my clients through that part, they actually end up super excited from this. I know it sounds so boring when you think about market research, but it doesn't have to be boring. So um, that's the first program is like um, like finding a business idea and testing it uh, before launching. Let me, let me ask you one question about that. You know, so years ago, I had a social venture we launched. We were in six or seven countries, basically teaching, um, engaging with university age uh, students. So they were kids from the local countries. They were kids from over, all over the world to basically tackle a social idea, uh, an issue that they saw in the community that they could do something about and wanted to do something about. And speaking about market research, I mean, they would go out with guns ablazing with these ideas and come back. I mean, you should see them. They would drag themselves mm -hmm. back in the classroom, finding out that their idea had, had no merit and had completely been solved already. But then, you know, those groups speaking to kind of resilience, they would come back, you know, a day or two later with a much better idea. They would be so far mm -hmm. behind the other groups that were, that had found something right off the bat. And uh, mm. these guys were so much more dialed in going through that struggle. Um, it's just yep. an amazing, amazing process. So what's the, what's the second part of, of your process? Yeah. So I just want to say that's great. And if you find a business idea that already exists, um, think about how you can make it better. I mean, it's not because something, it's proof of concept mm -hmm. if your business idea already exists. It's just about through your market research, think about what's missing for the clients of those businesses mm -hmm. and how you or, can. Or where maybe um, they bring more value in a certain part of that. You know, being specific exactly. in this world today is not a bad thing. You know, having a specific exactly. expertise. There are plenty of people that talk about, you know, training and coaching. Um, I decided to zoom in on, yeah, and zoom in on the why. And that's all we're doing this season. So fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first step. Then comes the second level. That's the business foundation and launch accelerator, which is for those who have a business idea, but don't know where to start. I, I take them through all the steps to be able to launch their businesses. But it's also for those who actually have a business. A lot of expat partners are starting to think about starting their businesses and they take action. They start first and perfect later. But most of the cases, it happens that they're not making consistent revenue. So, and often that's due to the fact that the foundations are missing. So, um, so that's what the program, sh I mean, I created a program called the three C's, the three big C's of a successful business. Actually, they're very clear. It's number one, clarity. If you don't have clarity in your business, you can't 
you can't solve the problems you have uh, if you don't the second one is consistency without consistency nothing works and the third one is conversion so i've created this um this system and that's what i teach in this program the three C's and, uh, and those are the foundations to be able to make revenue on a consistent base, how to define your business model, your marketing strategies and everything. So those are the foundation. Then comes the business growth accelerator, which is more one-on-one that I do with my clients for those who are more like already set, they already have revenue, but now they wanted to take it to the next level. Um, and interesting enough, that goes back to what I used to do as a consultant. (laughs) So that's, Exactly. So sometimes it's just, you know, putting the the boxes at the right place. But those are the three levels in Tandem Nomads. It's basically an entrepreneurship platform with training, online courses, uh, masterminds. I also have a mastermind um, for the third level and the second level. I'm thinking of starting one for the first level too. And um, yeah, and it's also a community. So it's an amazing community uh, that we have a Facebook group where people help each other and support each other. A lot of conferences. I do a lot of speaking and try to have meetups wherever I go in the world. Whenever I go somewhere, I just pop the question, who's here? And then it's really cool to have a coffee or uh, to get together with people who have been following the show and, and meet them in person. It's just oh my makes God, me so happy. It's that's got to be enthralling. Uh, so, so. Must be, you must like walk around with the biggest smile on your face all day long. I'm talking to you right now and my face is hurting from smiling, just thinking about it. <laughs> That's the, the beauty. I think what makes me happiest now, and I think you and me have this thing that we love to connect to people. We love to see people's journeys. Everybody's so, we live in a world where there's so many interesting people um, and having the privilege to be able to serve them and, and support them. They have everything in them. By the way, all of you listening, it's in you. You just need to get the juice out. And, um, and I'm like, I'm just a small piece in their journey but i feel so privileged that i could support them and i just love the interaction between them too and i think that's really important like being part of the community is also one of the big motivations for me that um that has got me to start town of nomads and connect with this community but i think it's really fascinating though when you think about it like when you look back at your journey you know none of those pieces were apparent at the start if someone had told you hey I'm a, years later, you're going to have conferences, you're going to go meet people, you're going to coach people, you're going to have three levels of, of engaging with them. And by the way, there's also mm-hmm. the podcast too. Yeah. You know, you could not have seen that at the beginning. You just trusted your journey and you went through the process and you took exactly. it step by step. And you kept with it. You did the three C's yourself. <laughs> exactly. The three C's. <laughs> but I bet you that, you know, and this is where, you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm, I, I imagine my, my, myself or my listener sitting in the car listening to this and saying, okay, that's great for them. But you know, I'm stuck here in my car driving to my crappy job, or I'm, you know, stuck in this situation, you know, but it is a process of day by day. And there's not, you know, it's as you, as you mentioned earlier, it's not without loneliness and frustration and, and good and bad days, you know, ups and downs and, and small steps forward. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a scratch your own itch type of experience, I think, for both of us to be able to share uh, about you know our own journeys and then try to teach yeah, that to definitely. others. Definitely, and I just want to just in few words, I mean, share some experience that I had in my journey getting to where I am and hopefully to where I will be, and helping others build their businesses. 
I think we've mm-hmm. said that clear now that for start first, perfect later, don't overthink yeah. it, do something. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But even when well, I realize that even when we do that, there's some hurdles that come on the journey. And the first one is worrying about what other people might think if it fails or worrying about putting ourselves out there. What if this is, this was my concern at the beginning. I was like, oh my God, I have all these corporate companies. Now they're going to see me as a spouse uh, because I'm not openly talking about my journey as a spouse, which was for me a no-go for so long. I wanted to be seen as an entity that's independent from my husband uh, because I was so worried to be seen as that. You talking about this, all I'm thinking is yes, yes, yes. This is, this is my experience too (laughs) oh wow okay so don't worry about what people think just do it and honestly people want to have human beings in front of them and we're living in beautiful times where it's not anymore i mean we have so much technology out there we have so many tools out there we are in the living in the best times ever and i hate to say it for those who think we're not but we are we're so lucky to live in our times where Oh, so many opportunities are offered to us to be able to do whatever we want to do. So worrying about what other people think is the worst thing to do to be where you want to be. And think about one thing. If you really think, believe in a calling, if you really believe in a project, I think you need to take yourself out of the equation. It's not about you. And that's what has helped me put myself out there. I'm the shyest person ever. Now I have to be on stage. I have to be on video all the time. I have to be on magazines. And I hated that. I just, that's not what I wanted. But um, but I, everything made sense when I realized it's not about me. I don't care anymore how good or bad I look on a picture because I'm like, it's not about me. It's about how what I'm saying, what I'm doing is helping others. And when we take ourselves out of the equation suddenly, it doesn't matter what other people think. So that's the first thing for me that I want to share with you. The second one is the comfort zone. So let's say we were willing to start. And you've probably gone through that, Paul, when you started now this podcast. And I've been following your journey starting the podcast with all the technology hurdles, making the choice of which platform, who to call. And it takes so much getting out of our comfort zone and go through it. Because once you get out of that comfort zone, that's the growth zone. And you cannot grow if you just stay comfortable in what you know, what you can do, what, you know, the people you know, you need to get out of that zone in terms of what you know, in terms of who you know, and in terms of what you do. Um, And if we stretch that zone, then that's where the magic happens. No, I couldn't agree with you more on that. That's, um, it's important to remember the, uh, it's important to remember the 80-20 on this. You know, it's important to think about, you know, as I was looking at these things, I said, do I want to learn how to program a WordPress website or do I want a podcast? And at that point was when I said, okay, I'm going to go for the simpler option, the better option, this, these folks who really want me to launch my own podcast and have all the training there, everything from soup to nuts. It's more expensive, but I said, you know what? Hmm. I'm here to do the activity. I'm not here to learn how to become a programmer you know, a CSS stylist, I, you know, if you've ever worked with, with websites. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a balance right there of, of keeping forward momentum, you know, mm-hmm. realizing that, oh God, I've, done, I've gone down the rabbit yeah. hole on looking at microphones. I need to stop and move on. 
Yes, exactly. I love that you say that. At some point, you need to make a decision and go with something. If it doesn't work, you revert. But also investing, you know, if you don't have the time to, and I would like to ask you a question after this, but if you don't have the time to uh, to spend hours, figure out things on your own, the other way to get out of your comfort zone is also to invest in yourself. I think it's important to go through the learning curve because that's but we don't need to stay too long there. I mean, if you know a minimum is good, and then if you need to then go to the next level, you can pay people to do it for you. It's just a matter of seeing how much, you know, uh, your potential, your capacity in terms of investment. But if you can stretch a little bit sometimes, it's a way, long way to go to start seeing results somehow. So um, my question to you, Paul, because you have a child, you have a job, you have... So I'm sure that the listeners might... Um, you know, benefit from sharing how you're balancing all of that? You know, it's a lot. Uh, there were clothes to be changed this morning and a little boy who did not want to get out of his pajamas. There were uh, requests of, of my uh, wonderful wife to, you know, go and take him out this morning. There's, um, you know, balancing the the work that I'll have to do after this and, and you know, sneaking in production here and there throughout the day. Um, it's, it's not easy, but it's something that I absolutely intend to move forward on this whole process. But what's been really elemental for me is this joy that's created. I will be high after doing this interview. There's always going to be the trade-offs. It's, it's messy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's messy, but it's also kind of like beautifully messy in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the part that I'm actually enjoying a lot right now. It's the, um, you know, the, I don't know where the, the process is going. So, you know, in a positive way, if we're framing it right, you're in a state of pure potential. Yeah. It could be anything. And let's just see where the journey takes us. Exactly. You don't need to know it all when you start for sure. And you shouldn't. In fact, you're mm -hmm. going to, you're going to miss half of it. You're going to miss 80% of it by asking to know it for decades. I asked myself, I mean, literally decades, like, you know, that question, where are you going to be in five or mm. 10 years? I always thought it was a deadly question, <laughs> you know, just where dreams go to die, um, you know, which is actually what, what another realization was is ironic to me in my work. That's what I do. I mean, I work with companies on strategy and design and I really enjoy the messiness of it. And I see them struggle with wanting to know the, the whys and the answers and, and where we're going with the product or an idea. And I said to myself, Jesus, if you can't do this for yourself and you do it in a professional life, then, you know, you're your own perfect coach. Like, what's wrong with you? Let's just move forward and get, get into motion. So, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun finding out that my fears were, were not real. You know, I, I'm very curious about one aspect of your work. Do you find, you know, working with nomads, and I love that term, do you find that or do you help them maybe to understand that that this maybe as a platform enables them to try something a little bit more risky, maybe a little bit more unusual than they might have tried otherwise? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, that's a great question because there's something I wanted to address at the beginning of the, the conversation when you mentioned the term imposed. And I'm always saying this is not imposed on us. It's our choice. The life we are having, it's our choice. And as long as we think it was not our choice, then there's a problem. Um, we need to make it our choice and um, and realize that we have made that choice by accepting to get married, accepting to go abroad. It's not imposed on us. 
And the only ones who have control of our lives is us. And I think that's important to not use that as an excuse. Oh, I can't live the life I want because I'm here to support my family. If you really want it, you can do it. And we all have- My apologies for interrupting. Or do you talk to them about how, you know, you can make another choice yet again today. You may be 40 or 50, but this is not over. Exactly. Nothing is over. And and our decisions don't have to be forever. We can change our mind too. So um, I think it's important to have stability in our head to know who we want to be, where we want to go, but it doesn't have to be written in stone. So uh, that's the first thing. The second about uh, taking risks, that's again, going back to the comfort zone. I think that's the biggest place where people get stuck. It's when they have to stretch to areas where they're not used to it. And regarding risks, a lot of people think that being an entrepreneur is, is knowing how to take risks. I say no. A real entrepreneur does not take risks. A real entrepreneur manages risks, which is different. So... Um, and where most of our partners do have the opportunity to start something, it's actually a chance that we have more than any other probably population, because most of us, if we're in a healthy relationship and we need to be, even sometimes if we're not in a healthy relationship, money is a big taboo in a, in the couple. Um, but it's important to have that conversation to say to your partner, listen, this is important to me and I need you to support me in this. And I'm so lucky. I would not be where I am without my, my husband's support. Uh, Michael has been an amazing support to me, not only by accepting the fact that we're going to go through a financial, where we're going to have to control our finances for a while when I decided to stop my consulting business, but also when I decided to invest in the company, I invested a big chunk of money and that was our money. So I had to have him on board. Third, I had him, you know, in his job, there's a lot of functions that we have to go to and also host. I used to do all the hosting, all the preparations. And I was like, I'm sorry, but from now on, I'm off this duty. There's no way I can do that. So, but honestly, he never asked me to do it. I just wanted to do it. And so, and finally he was involved in the business. He was my proof reader for a long time. And he was very disappointed when I could finally, you know, afford a copywriter to go through all my, my writing. So I was like, how come I'm not yeah. receiving your newsletters for proofreading anymore? I said, yep, sorry, I replaced yeah. your job. But look, look how much joy it actually creates. You know, you think that it's going to be this imposition and it maybe creates a new connection. Yeah, it's amazing. And honestly, exactly. I mean, if you need to share this journey with your partner, because it, it, it brings another set of conversations. First of all, it brings, it creates excitement. And if your partner cares, he will be excited for you too. And if he's not, it may be because he doesn't understand how much it's important. And there's another thing, especially for women. Um, we know how much it's been hard for women over the centuries to make our place in the society. That's a given. But there's one thing nowadays that I realize, even in modern societies, women tend to do everything for everybody else, but nothing, and be very good at supporting others, but really bad at asking for help. And you need to, especially, no matter if you're a woman or a man, you need to build your support system. The biggest, most successful entrepreneurs in the world 
what made them successful is that they had a back. They had people who had their backs. They had a support system, be it about cooking, be it about cleaning, be it about shopping or any other thing they needed to be done. And on the business side, the more they grew, the more they built their support system within the business to be able to focus on their special zone of genius that makes the real money. So I think that's really important to realize. We need to build that support system and we need to have that conversation in the relationship, in the couple, but also with the kids. Also, I also tell to my to my clients, talk to your kids, share with them your journey, put your calendar on the wall and show them that you're busy from this time and this time and the door cannot be opened when you're doing that. And if you don't say it, of course they're going to knock and open the door. Of course they're going to bother you and disrupt the concentration. You need to communicate your needs and there's a way to do it in a non-violent way so that make sure that they understand why right. it's important for you. And if they know why, then they will support you most. Yeah, the uh, reality is if I hadn't had my father who had been an entrepreneur to just even listen and tell me, you know what, just keep facing forward, I don't know where I would have gotten in mm -hmm. life. It's it's masterminds, it's, you know, cir group circles, uh, and other organizations that, um, you know, sometimes people really have to, to pay for, but you may have your own support circle internally. It's so incredibly important. And it's never what's talked about when they put people up on the newspaper or the magazine or the website or the video, you know, it's always the, the triumphal moment. They don't go right behind the curtain to see who, who helped. Actually, that, if there's a journalist listening to this, this will be an amazing article. Go to the Bill Gates and to the, you know, Zuckerbergs and ask them who are their support system and how are they building it? Because that's what makes the success. You can be smart as hell, but if you don't have that, there's no amazing. way. Amazing. So look, I have, um, we could, we could end here and it would be a fabulous podcast, but I have one other question for you. And that's, um, it's my own curiosity as I've looked at, at your journey. In the beginning, you were talking about a lot of different issues with uh, expat spouses and life overseas and life in new countries. You've made a distinct pivot and focus, I think, around starting a portable business. W when did you? When did that come to you? I think it would be illustrative for people to hear. You know, you started, and we've covered. A, uh, we talked a lot about it. You know, there were the, there's the conferences that you're involved in. There's the the travel when you meet up with people. But, you know, why did you decide to kind of go in this specific direction? And and when did that come to you? And as you were taking action, it was a pivot. But I think it was more a pivot for my audience than for me, uh, because uh, it's true that at the beginning of my show, um, I think you told me around seventy. I was so impressed that you could. See that around episode seventeen. I was I was I was scrolling through them all. I was looking through them, and I'm because I was you know what I was looking for. I was like, I'm like, what's the narrative here? You know, what is what is Amel's story? So smart. I'm so impressed. Anyhow, so um, it's so good when people who interview prepare their interviews. That's honestly a big quality poll that. I've been on so many interviews and people don't prepare and you get so much juice if you do, just for all of you who are planning to. Look, I could list all your accomplishments and they will be A, in the show notes and B, in the in the intro, you know, but if... I like the due diligence. I just wanted to share that. But well, Thank you. But we're here to, to connect and talk about and create new things. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I think is really illuminating. Yeah. So to answer your question, I, I think it's an important question and a great one um, because a lot of people go through that. So... 
I um, around effectively around you know episode seventy or so, I shifted the conversation from sharing stories of everything about life, about moving on the move as an expat spouse, with a big focus on the word career. Um, but when I started the podcast, it was with the intention to move to where I am. I knew that I wanted to build in the conversation around entrepreneurship. The problem was um, that it was a scary thing for a lot of them. Nobody, that 90% of the spouses I would talk to would never consider entrepreneurship as something they could do. Um, so I needed to ease in. If I started right away with talking about business, I don't think I would have attracted the audience. I needed to take my audience to that point where they could start. And I, by speaking engagements around the world, I was my my mission when I started was to make a mindset shift among this community. And I'm so glad to see that now we can talk about business and it's not anymore that reaction of, oh, that's not for me. I can't do that. So that was the point of the first part. Before even I start selling my, my trainings, I needed to make sure that what needs to happen before so that they know that this is the right solution for them. So... So what do you think is the, the takeaway for others as, as you would share for their own journeys? Um, so, yeah, it's asking where's the conversation? Where's, for example, um, the problem, again, is going back to the problem. The problem I'm solving is the dual career challenges of expat spaces. And that problem comes with a lot of pain points, you know, confidence, marital stress. Uh, so think about the problem and think about the pain points. Um, I always say problem is the disease and pain points are the symptoms. Um, so you want to know the language around the symptoms. And here's the second thing. The podcast, the first part of the podcast, going back to start first, perfect later, I was like, instead of doing market research and surveys and et cetera, and then start, I was like, let me do it, do the podcast as my market research. So every interview was the market research, basically, to understand where this market was in terms of entrepreneurship. So, and I was like, let me just share it. I mean, while I'm interviewing people for my surveys, I'm actually sharing those conversations too. Uh, so it was also a way until episode 70 to really dig deep and understand the mindset where people are. So ask yourself that, like, where are, what is the problem you want to solve? What are the pain points? What's in the market out there? What's the conversation about this problem? Where is that conversation? The conversation when I started four years ago was horrible. It made me so angry. And I was like, oh, tr the term that was most used was trailing spouse. I was like, there's no way I'm using this term. And I actually made an episode about this. I made a whole. So when you see a problem about the conversation that's happening around the industry or the topic or issue you want to address, then make it a conversation that you're not happy with that for instance, right. that will create real buzz, by the way, if you're yeah. going, uh, if you're going at the opposite direction of what the mainstream is going, you have more chances that people notice you because, but you also have more chances that people are not going to be happy. When I started, mm. I had a lot of spouse come to me and say, how dare you? I was like, wow. Really? Yeah. How dare you? Are you saying that I'm nobody? I said, I never said that, but is it what you think? Because you're yeah. not nobody. But it's kind of interesting that the fact that I think that starting a portable business can be the solution for the challenges. Why are you suddenly thinking that you're not worth anything? I never said that. You see? So it's interesting how I had a lot of people who were not happy at the beginning. 
And now I'm pissing more off some people telling them that business is not a hobby. A lot of people started businesses, but they're not making money. I was like, you need to make money. Unless you decide it's your hobby, that's fine. But just be honest to yourself. Not It's not about others. It's about if you decide to start a business, treat it as a business. If you decide that it's a hobby, treat it as a hobby. And it's okay at the beginning to not know, by the way. You can just start as a hobby and then make it a business. But don't stay there too long saying to other people that you have a business, printing a business card when actually in the back end there's nothing. It's not healthy. It's not healthy no, for no, you it's not healthy. to be there. No, but and then and in reverse, you know, I, I find sometimes it's important to validate with people like, no, you you can have a business. You're allowed exactly. to have a business. Like you exactly. should you should take this, you know, and j- jump from being a hobby to taking yourself and your self worth seriously. Exactly, and commit. At some point, you need to commit. You know, Paul, we've been friends for a long time, but we haven't seen. Couldn't you've been busy? I've been busy, but I stopped seeing my friends for two years. I com- I locked myself for two years. I had no social life for two years. I committed to this to make it a real business. Success does not come without hard work and without building that support system, by the way, to be able to focus. So at some point when you know, I took me one a year and a half to make this a business. It's a little bit like birth. <laughs> you know, you have nine months of gestation, nine months of, you know, and then at some point comes a moment when you need to push. And once you push and the baby is out, you're going to have to take care of that baby. So there's a moment where you need to push and it's going to be painful. And then that physical pain is not there, but comes all the journey. And it's a journey. You know, once you have launched your business, it does not stop there. Um, it's it's a long journey with ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. There's a lot of people think that, you know, once you launch your business, then it's successful, then it stays successful and you keep growing. You grow, but that that line is not a straight line forward it's it's a line with a lot of ups and downs and we need to embrace that to be we need to be prepared for it and then just embrace it and say you know what even the low moments are also part of the experience to grow yep absolutely they are they are the growth that's the growth Mm -hmm. happening exactly amel amazing wonderful i have so enjoyed our, our conversation. It's certainly not the last one we'll ever have, but um, I am so joyed that I can bring this conversation to the world. And uh, thank you for your time today. Wishing you a lot of success, Paul. Congrats for this great initiative. And thank you to all of you listening. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer. Feel free to reach out. Wonderful. Thank you so much.